Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Lessons from the Parable of the Talents or Stewardship Lessons We Need to Learn. Stewardship Lessons We Need to Learn. In one of his books, Charles Swindle challenges believers to live with excellence, to go the second mile, to stop making excuses for non-performance, and to turn our faith into deeds that change the world. The message today is about stewardship, the wise investment of our life. We can do three things with our life. We can waste it, and there are many ways to do that. We can spend it, and the advertisers will give us many ways to do that. Or we can invest our life. And to invest your life means to use it in a way that outlasts it, to make a difference for eternity, and to leave a legacy for those who will come behind. The Bible is clear that we were created to make a contribution in this world. We were not put on this earth just to be consumers. We were put here to be a contributor. That contribution that we make with our life, our talents, our gifts and abilities, the Bible calls our ministry. Jesus says that one day we will have to give account of how we lived our lives and how we invested our lives while we were here. And so Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30, which was read for us, tells a story of how to prepare for the final exam of life, when God evaluates how well we have invested our life. This story is known as a parable of the talents. Now, Jesus describes a man who owned a great household, or in today's language, a corporation. He often traveled great distances for extended periods of time. And during this particular trip, he placed the management responsibility of the corporation on three individuals who worked for him. The owner knew exactly what each man could handle, so he proportioned the management responsibility according to each person's responsibility. One was given five talents, or as um, the, the New Living Translation says, five bags of gold. The other was given two and the third was given just one, one talent. I want to draw six lessons from this story for us with respect to stewardship. The first lesson is that everyone or everything we have belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. God made it all and owns it all. It was here before we got here and it will be here after uh, we leave this earth. A lot of times we think that we own the things that we have, but we don't really own anything. God owns it all. We just get to borrow it and use it for the years that we are alive 
here on this planet. We brought nothing into this world when we were born, and we are taking nothing out of this world when we leave it. So everything we have, money, possessions, time, health, abilities, is just a loan for us for the time we are alive. The Bible tells us that God made human beings to manage his resources on earth. That's why human beings um, are here. We're here to manage the environment, to manage the earth. And the good thing about it is that while we are managing it, we get to use it and to benefit from it. But we must never forget that we don't own it. Jesus made this clear in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by this story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money to invest for him while he was gone. Now, it is not to the servant's money, notice, it is the master's money. You see, when you learn to accept this truth, that everything you have belongs to God, not you, then you are not going to, to worry as much about the stuff that we try to accumulate here. Why? Because you don't worry about things that aren't yours. When you get a ding in your car, you worry about it. But do you worry about the ding in your neighbor's car? No. When somebody else is worried that they have put on weight and their clothes don't fit, you don't worry about that. You just worry about your clothes that don't fit. So if you realize that um, all you have is God's and he can take it back anytime, then you don't have to spend your time worrying about stuff because you can't you can only do so much with the stuff that we try to accumulate. We have to leave it one of these days. And um, sometimes there are, there are those who uh, inherit uh, money and uh, possessions without knowing exactly how much um, uh, work had gone into the, the, the money. But the second, the, the second lesson that I think we can learn from this um, parable is that God has given each of us some unique gifts. Unique gifts. The Bible calls what the, what the man gave them talents. Here the New Living Translation says bags of gold, but let us stay with the word talents uh, for, for a moment. It's the word talents in, in English uh, tends, when we hear the word talent, we tend to think of natural abilities. But in the first century, a talent was a large sum of money. Scholars say a talent of silver or gold would represent approximately 16 years of salary for a soldier or a laborer. Anyway you figure it, it would be a large amount of money today. To give a man five talents would be like giving him 80 years of salary to invest. And to, to give someone uh, two talents would be like giving uh, the person 32 years of salary to invest. And uh, the one who received one talent would, be, uh, would amount to 16 years of salary. So the master in the story must have been incredibly wealthy, like Bill Gates uh, squared 10 times. And the three men in the story certainly had plenty of money to invest. It is noteworthy that each man is given a different amount. 
So let's look at verse 15. He gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, and one bag of gold to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then left on his trip. So who determined what each man would get? The master. You see, God is not obligated to treat you like he treats anyone else. He can give you more or less than others, and he does. You have more than some and less than others. You have more money, more opportunity, more strength, better health, better connections than others, and you have less of all that than others. You see, in the great pecking order of life, there are always people above us, people on our level, and people beneath us. The re- this reality leaves us with two choices. A, you can gripe about your situation and use it as an excuse to do nothing. Or B, you can accept it and start where you are and do what you can. The comparison game is useless and un- non-productive. We, who knows why Jane got more than Alice And who knows why one man has cancer and another doesn't? Who knows why one woman is born in the Caribbean and another in the United States? Only God knows these things, and he isn't telling. And every moment spent worrying about that is truly a wasted moment. We are not all equal in terms of talents, gifts, and opportunities but we all have the same chance to do something with what God has given us. The question is not, what have I been given? The question really is, what will I do with what I have been given? We are created equal in value to God and in our worth as human beings, but we are not equal in our talents, in our opportunities, in our freedoms. See, living in America, you have some privileges and freedoms and some opportunities that the rest of the world don't have. It's simply a gift from God. Everybody gets something, but our talents and gifts differ. Some of you are one talent, talent people. Some of you are five. Some of you maybe 10, 20, whatever. But everybody gets something. Especially if you are a believer, then the Holy Spirit gives you a gift or gifts for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. There, are no, there is no believer who can say they don't have a gift. Everyone has a gift, but not everyone has discovered what their gift is. In Romans chapter 12 and verse, and verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. See, a talent or gift is something that we don't deserve. We can't brag about it because we didn't earn it, we didn't work for it. So when you hear someone trying to brag about the gift that they have, they are you know, not really doing the right thing because uh, they didn't uh, earn it. Uh, you know, they, it was given to them by, by God, by God's Spirit. See, it's simply... All you can do is simply develop what has been given to you, but you have to recognize that it is a gift of God's grace. 
But a third lesson that we can learn from this uh, parable is that God expects us to use the gifts he has given us. God expects us to use the gifts he has given us. He gave them to us for a purpose. He wants us to make the most of the abilities and the gifts that he has given us. It is as if God looked at you and looked at me and said, I'm going to make an investment in your life. Every day we get to choose how we are going to live our lives. But there will come a day in all of our lives when we have to give an account to God of the choices we, we have made about how we live our lives. Jesus reminds us in, in, this, in this story, in Matthew 25, 19, 20, 22 and 25, said, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of gold said, Sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest, and I have doubled the amount. Next came the servant who had received the two bags of gold with the report, Sir, you gave me two bags of gold to invest, and I have doubled the amount. Then the servant with the one bag of gold came and said, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth, and here it is. You see, someday we are going to be audited by God as to how we lived our lives. If you think you're nervous now about the audit of the IRS, how about the audit with God, who sees all and he knows all? As pastors, it's my job to get you as members of this congregation uh, to get you ready for the final exam of life. When I was uh, a professor, I used to give the students, at least in my introductory course, the questions ahead of time. Indeed, in the first class, I would have a list of 12 questions that said, this is what you will be tested on. And they were supposed to prepare all answers for all of the questions, but I would have the freedom to select which questions would be on the examination. And some students would try to, to be smart and, and gamble on which questions would be on the examination. One time, a student turned in an examination book with nothing except a sentence. I gambled and I lost. <laughs> of course, of course he got an F. You see, God's final examination question is given in advance. Once you have settled the question of your relationship with Jesus Christ, the final examination question is, what did you do with what you were given? What did you do with what you were given? And so my responsibility as your pastor is to prepare you to answer that question so you can stand before God and say, I used my talents to help others and to advance your kingdom here on earth. The fourth lesson that we can learn from this parable uh, is it is wrong for us to bury what God has given us. It's wrong for us to bear what God has given us. It's wrong for us to take what God has given us and not use it for him. In this story, the first person doubled his talents. The second person did the same. And the third man buried his, his talent, or his bag of gold. And in verses 26 and verse 27, 
we read. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, why didn't you deposit my money in a bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. So there are a couple of insights here. First, you can't please God by playing it safe. To use your talent, you have to take a risk. As um, the scriptures say, without faith it is impossible to please God. You're not going to know for certain exactly how things are going to turn out. But you do it trusting in God, that God is able to um, cause whatever you do to be a blessing to others. And to take my talent and do nothing with it, because I'm afraid to risk it in any way, is inexcusable. And the second insight is, God would rather have you try to serve him, make an attempt at least and fail, than do nothing at all. He calls the servant wicked, not because he lost the money, but because he was afraid to do anything with the money or the gift that God had given to him. Some Christians have no joy in their Christian life. There's no spark, there's no enthusiasm. Why? And one reason is that they are trying to play it safe, sitting on the sidelines of life, afraid to to contribute, not using the the gifts that God has given to them the way he intended them to be used, living only for themselves and not involved in the service to others. It is time for some of us here to get back in the game. It's time for us to move into a ministry which will take the focus off ourselves and place it on others. So sometimes what people do when they don't want to use their gifts, they begin to blame others for um, whatever. But we need to stop blaming other people. If you're not doing the thing that you ought to do, you can't blame it on others. You have to accept responsibility for whatever takes place in your life. You're as close to God as you choose to be. You're as spiritual as you want to be. And so stop blaming other people if you are not using the gifts that God has given to you to help others. But the fifth um, lesson is, if we don't use our gifts, we will lose them. If we don't use our gifts, we will lose them. Verse 28 Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of gold. Now, why is it that sometimes the person who has got one talent all of a sudden doesn't have any talent? Because they didn't use the one God gave them. This is a universal principle. God has a right to take away anything in your life that you don't invest for him. God has a right to take away anything in your life that you don't use correctly and for his glory. This principle of use it or lose it is a universal principle. It's true with muscles. If you don't use your muscles, you lose them. And that's why doctors want to get you up out of bed real quick after surgery. If you don't use your muscles, then you are going to lose them. So if you don't exercise your muscles will get smaller. In the, in the area of money, if you don't invest your money, then you are going to eventually lose it. And so many people have had um, the money that they placed under their mattress taken away from them because they didn't um, use um, their minds to do the right thing. 
And of course, if you, if you don't use your mind, you are going to find yourself not um, being able to function as well when you get older. You must keep it exercised because your mind is like a muscle. So here's a secret. Whatever you need more of, take the little that you have and start using it in serving other people unselfishly and God will multiply it. You say, I don't have the time to, to serve other people. I don't have the time to serve in a ministry. I don't have the time to do all the things that I need to do. Why? Because God never meant for you to be selfish and to spend all your time on yourself, doing things for yourself. Why would God give you more time if, you just, if you're just going to spend it on you? Why would God give you more money, more resources, if all you're going to do is to spend it on yourself and not help other people? So the first, this is um, the first principle in, of tithing. The first 10% of all that we make belongs to God. Why? Because when we give that 10% back to God, God takes the other 90% and makes it stretch further than it would if we had kept 100% for ourselves. And that's true of our time. That's true of our talents. That's true of everything in life. If you don't use it, then you lose it. And then the last lesson, number six. If we use our gifts wisely, we will be rewarded. We will be rewarded. Verse 23 says, The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You see, this verse gives the three rewards that God gives when we use our talents or spiritual gifts in ministry to serve others and to make a contribution to the people around us. One, we get the affirmation of God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Two, we get God's promotion. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I give you more responsibilities. And three, celebration. Let's celebrate together. So with these rewards awaiting me, there is no reason I should allow hardships to hinder me. There's no reason I should allow opposition to discourage me, criticism to stop me, difficulties to frustrate me, and circumstances to depress me. I want to hear the well done from my Lord and Master and be a part of the celebration. So even if I'm knocked down, I'm not going to stay down. Even if I'm exhausted, I'm not going to give up. Even if I become discouraged, I'm not going to stay discouraged. Even if I feel hurt and wounded, I'm not going to surrender. I knew when I started serving the Lord as a, as a pastor that there would be times when discouraging situations would come. I knew that there would be times when difficult problems would develop, when defeat would appear inevitable, when disturbing conditions would arise, when disappointing circumstances would occur, and times when the challenges of leading a congregation would threaten to rob me of my joy and peace of mind because of the way some people, some people act. But I'm determined that come what may, I'm going to serve the Lord and be faithful to him so that I can hear him say, well done, 
my good and faithful servant. Come what may, sunshine or rain, I'm going to serve him. Come what may, joy or sorrow, I'm going to serve him. Come what may, health or sickness, I'm going to serve him. Come what may, blessing or burden, I'm going to serve him. And serve him to the best of my ability, every moment, every hour, and every day of my life. And my mind is made up. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.